By what name are you known? There are some who call me... Tim? Hey, what's going on? You're tuning into another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. This is a podcast that focuses on mental health through humor, insight, and personal stories. Welcome. To learn more about me, go to 2010minutes.com for all your 2010-minute needs. Download my app in the App Store and Google Play. And uh, buy some of my merch because I love selling stuff and making money because making money is pretty sweet. I like money. I like putting money in a jar on top of my fridge. You can also contact me at 781-523-9333 if you want to chat, talk, whatever you want. Just don't send me nudes. Um, Other than that, I'm always open. Come and chat with me. Um, Lately, I've been feeling pretty apathetic with life in general. Everything that's been presented in front of me, I'm just like Daria and being like, meh. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know if it's my meds that make me feel like a little bit of a zombie or, or what. But it's not fun. It's definitely affecting my life, uh, my relationships, work, uh, everything. Again, I think it's high-functioning depression, um, which I'm doing my best with this winter and uh, the winter blues, winter depression. Still taking my meds. I just got a new med to help me sleep. I forget what the name is. I tried it once so far. I think it worked. Um, it's a very interesting drug because it's it's made for like... Uh, anxiety if you take it like in a bunch of dosage but if it's a low dose it's like a sleeping pill i don't know how that works i should probably investigate it more i have trouble understanding my prescriber he's nigerian he's fucking awesome but uh, there's a language barrier there that i i have trouble understanding which is uh not frustrating but it's definitely something because i'm the type of guy that if i ask you twice and i don't understand what you're saying i give up asking it's not you it's me that's what that is it's me um, but yeah, he's, he's the best. I absolutely love that guy. I get him laughing all the time. Um, but yeah, I have that appointment coming up with my actual therapist, uh, this week. So I can talk to him more about this and, uh, figure out what the hell's going on and what the hell's wrong with me because I don't like feeling this way. Um, I like joy. I like, uh, having a good time and I just feel like I'm not having a good time lately. Um, and that's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I also need to take notes. I say this every fucking week that I'm like, I need to start jotting down notes and uh, making sure I know what to talk about during uh, my therapy appointments. So I am going to try to start doing that. I think everyone should take a little bit of a journal, which is uh, pretty smart, I think, when you can go back and reflect on your life and reflect on moments in your life to see how they were. If you have a journal, let me know. I'd love to, love to pick your brain on uh, how you journal. Like, what do you write about? Do you just like... Write everything about your day. Do you write about just your feelings? Like, what do you write about? Journal, diary, both the same thing. It's like Polly Pocket and uh, Mighty Max. Remember those things? Remember Polly Pocket? And then there was Mighty Max for guys because guys couldn't play with Polly Pockets back in the day. You can now, but you couldn't back then. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? Google it. Also, Google 2XL. That was another great 90s toy. 2XL was a great toy. He was, he was above his time, before his time. You put a cassette in there and you like listen to a story and you hit like different buttons to hear like answers and like different stories. But 2XL, shout out to my man 2XL, Furby, and Mighty Max. Those are the holy trinity of my childhood toys. I almost got stampede for a Furby one time. We went to go try to buy one for Christmas, me and my mom at like a Caldor. 
And uh, we were like at the front of the line and people just fucking booked it. I don't remember if we got one or not, but I remember being like, this is insane. As a little kid, I remember that people are insane. That was like one of the first instances I realized that, wow, people are nuts. And I'm one of them, baby. All right, to get more serious, uh, I want to talk about postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis. We had a pretty bad story come out of Duxbury, Massachusetts, which isn't too far from me, where a mother uh, unfortunately killed three of her children and tried to take her own life. I think now that the rumors are she's still alive, but she's possibly paralyzed. I won't have to get into like the gruesome details of it all because you can just look it up. Um, but if you look up the woman in Duxbury, yeah, she ended up killing three of her kids. And a lot of it comes from the postpartum depression side, which is uh, very interesting in this case, because like, I feel like if it was any, anybody, they would just be like, oh, what a piece of shit, which like, kind of like, yeah, she is for doing that huge piece of shit. But you got to give her that because she was struggling with mental illness for so long and she tried her best and you don't know what people are going through you don't know what people are capable of it's like her own mind went against her and that's very unfortunate and very sad it's very sad for the husband who uh who has to go through that um it's it's just like a very just fucked up story and it's very sad on all accounts but it is interesting in a, in a way that we have to learn more about it and be more educated and let other people know. Like I'm just a dude that doesn't have kids. I have no reason to talk about a woman's body, but there is the mental health side of uh, having kids. Um, so let's go over the postpartum and post psychosis uh, terms. Postpartum depression, depression suffered by a mother following childbirth, typically arising from the combination of hormonal changes, psychological adjustment to motherhood and fatigue. The difference with psychosis is part-time uh, postpartum psychosis is a mental illness that can affect you in the first few weeks after giving birth. Your symptoms can appear suddenly, where you lose sense of your reality, including hallucina hallucinations, delusions, mood swings, and behavior changes. I believe the child, the youngest one, was about eight months. I could be mistaken, so I'm not sure what she had. We'll probably never know what she had, but it's obviously postpartum in some sort of um, aspect who, who knows? Um, I did an interview on this a while ago. I should probably do another interview coming up on postpartum. I've had a doula on, and then I've talked to somebody else about postpartum depression. And again, yeah, I'm just another dude. Um, and I'm just trying to learn because you can, you have family members and friends that have kids, men and men and women. Um, and one of the interviews I had, I asked if there was a prepartum depression, um, which I feel like is a, is an okay enough question to ask. Um, so prenatal depression actually is depression that happens during pregnancy. Depression symptoms can include extreme and ongoing sadness, anxiety, fatigue, and changes in sleeping and eating habits. In severe cases, prenatal depression can cause people to harm themselves or their baby. So that's during pregnancy. So that is pretty much pre, uh, prepartum depression. And then postpartum depression symptoms vary depending on the patient, but can include frequent crying, anger, anxiety, withdrawal from loved ones, the feeling of numbness or being disconnected from the baby, even sometimes thoughts of hurting yourself or the infant, um, which is uh, very unfortunate. I can't, I couldn't believe what that woman went through. Um, it is very sad. And I, I just couldn't fathom what was going through her head to do all that. And I, I can't say it enough. It's just a super sad story. The dad, updated and wanted everyone to uh just not feel bad for him and yeah i just i don't know how he does it 
this this man came home to uh, a massacre, and he says to people that they should forgive his wife, and he was always there for her. And having a support system is really fortunate. And someone like him goes to show like how much of a good person he was uh, to be with somebody and have to deal with that and do his best. And if that was me, I would feel like I failed and I could, there was much more I could have done. And hopefully he doesn't have to feel like that. And he did his best. Um, so peace goes out to that family, man. Um, everyone affected, like everyone's lives is just totally different. And I guess justice will be served on one end or another, depending on what the outcome is of her health. Um, but we shall see. Um, you can read more about that online. I'm not going to really talk about it too much more. But um, but yeah. So about one in seven women experience symptoms of postpartum depression, according to the American Psychological Association, the APA. According to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, that number is closer to one in 10. So if you have a, a group of 10 women together that just had kids, um, there's probably a good chance one of them's dealing with postpartum depression, but you should treat that like everybody may have it. You should definitely look out for your friends, family that have kids because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what type of support someone needs, even though people are like, no, I don't need anything. Sometimes you got to like bust through that. Like, dude, you haven't been outside in forever. Like I'm coming over. That's like a big thing. I feel like, um, I think for a guy's standpoint for like a friend that's pregnant, I think that's pretty hard. Like, Hey, what's up? Uh, you, you had a kid. Can I come over and say hi? Which you can do, but I just feel like it's kind of awkward a little bit. Um, but no, you got to be you got to be down with the homies, check up on your friends um, in every aspect. That's how you know how I am with the mental health and uh, being an advocate is making sure you check up on your friends that you haven't heard of and keep checking on your friends that you do hear from. Um, you just got to balance it. We all have difficult lives. Um, but yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. So here are some other symptoms with postpartum. Um, frequent unexplained tears accompanied by feelings of hopelessness and despair. Fear and anxiety that go beyond the norm of new motherhood and becoming debilitating. Debilitating. <laughs> There's the word, Tim. Debilitating. Um, sleep disruptions unrelated to the baby, characterized by sleeping too little or too much. Inability to feel close to the baby, sometimes uh, despite desire, sometimes due to lack of desire. Um, confidence and abilities as a mother and intense feelings of anger and thoughts regarding herself with a baby that scare her. Now with postpartum psychosis, that's a little bit more rare than uh, postpartum depression and involves symptoms that include delusions of hallucinations, like I said, and can be both uh, put the mother and child in danger. Health experts say the condition affects one to two out of a thousand women and tends to present within the first two to four weeks after delivery. Um, and again, it's, it's case by case and you'll never know until you unfortunately might have to deal with it. And I don't like saying that, like you have to deal with it. It's like, you just have to, there's a different term that I would like to use besides deal with it because like I have to deal with bipolar and I fucking hate saying that. It's like, I just have to live with it. I battle with it. Um, but it's not easy out there. It's not easy at all. And things you can do, uh, depending on who you are. If you suspect a friend may be suffering from postpartum anxiety, these are some things that you can do. You can offer to pop by and hold the baby for a bit. Give it a little rock. Coddle it. I know what coddle is. Ask how she's coping with motherhood. Enter conversations with compassion. Relay your own struggles with becoming a mom if you are one. Tell her about the ways other mothers helped you. Let her know that you'd like to help her as well. Um, 
If a friend confides in you that she's experienced with symptoms of postpartum, these are some things. Take her words seriously, resisting the urge to minimize and dismiss them, which you should never do when someone comes to you. Like, that's like the worst thing you can do. Someone comes to you with an issue, you're like, yeah, don't worry about it. Oh, thanks, dude. Uh, commend her and her courage speaking openly with you. Establish yourself as a safe space for conversations, which is great. I'm a huge safe space for anybody that wants to ch chat. Um, assure her you have no judgment for her pres her present feelings. No judgment zone here. Uh, take a moment to encourage with sincerity. Um, seek out local experts to help them out as well. Um, yeah, so also treat her like you would uh, any new mom. Bring food, brag about the baby, wash the dishes, do things for that mother. Reach out regularly. You might drop by once a week. Call or text every few days. Ask questions about how she's faring and prepared to ready to listen and invite her out of the house uh, to come and do anything. So again, you got to keep people active. When people are by themselves with their with their own mind, that's when things go bad. Like for me, if I'm by myself for too long, I'm like, okay, I'm getting the best of myself and I'm really going to crack any minute. So that's why I try to stay busy with the podcast, busy with, with work, busy with... Uh, Anything else, like video games, friends. Like I just went and watched WrestleMania with a group of friends and I had an absolute blast. By the way, I won 300 bucks because I got Cody Rhodes who came in at number 30 for the uh, Royal Rumble. Props to me. I'm going to save that money. Um, and then also one that I was I asked was, like, do dads struggle with postpartum depression? And I guess they do. I guess this is a hot topic that some people believe it, some people don't. I'm just reading what I found. I'm not picking a side because, again, I don't have kids. I don't know how it is. But if someone thinks they have it, then so be it. Hopefully they get help. Because studies show that 1 in 10 dads struggle with postpartum depression and anxiety as well. Their symptoms are slowly becoming more recognized, diagnosed, and treated. Less attention to baby's health and well-checked visits is one. Higher risk of behavioral problems in preschool-age children. Children with more physical and mental health problems. And poor family and marital relationships. Um, a variety of factors can play a role in dad developing prenatal or postpartum depression, including hormones. Researchers have shown that fathers experience hormonal changes during and after their partner's pregnancy, uh, particularly declines in testosterone, partner's depression. Up to half of men with depressed partners show signs of depression as well. Again, that just goes back to like trying to be there for somebody and it's very frustrating when you can't help them. Uh, I know a lot of people are like that that have to deal with my ass. Uh, feeling disconnected from mom and baby dads want to be part of the newborn experience, but often they feel as if they're on the outside. Moms may not always realize they're excluding dad from caring for the baby, or they may be caught up in bonding with the baby. They fail to recognize dad wants time with the little ones too. That's another one. I think dads hate that. They like the mother's the mother, but like when the dad's out with the baby, it's like, Oh, daddy's on uh, daycare duty. It's like, no man, he's just the dad. He is, um, taking care of it. But um, and then what else? Personal family history, depression, any history of depression or other mental illnesses raises the risk of prenatal and postpartum depression, psychological adjustment to parenthood, becoming a parent requires significant coping skills. This can be overwhelming for mom and dads and sleep deprivation. That's huge. Most new parents underestimate the role of lack of sleep can play in development symptoms of anxiety and depression. They also often underestimate just how sleep deprived they are. And there's a phone number to reach out if you are somebody that might be going to postpartum. It's 1-800-944-4773, or you can text to 1-800-944-4773. Again, that number is 1-800-944-4773. And uh, shout out to all the moms out there, all the moms, the dads, um, parents. Just keep fighting the good fight, man. Um, don't 
hesitate to reach out to friends and family to try to get help. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. And um, I just, I'm not a prayful guy. I got to find out a different thing. It's like, oh, I pray for them. It's like, no, I'm rooting for them. Um, I'm not a religious guy at all whatsoever. I don't, I'm not going to get into that right now. But um, yeah, just shout out to uh, all the people that are doing good and uh, hopefully helping people that are struggling. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about anymore. Um, so common symptoms for uh, paternal, prenatal, or postpartum depression include anger, sudden outbursts, or violent behavior, increase in impulsive or risk-taking behavior, including turning to substances such as alcohol or prescription drugs, irritability, low motivation, physical symptoms such as headaches, muscle aches, stomach, or digestion issues, poor concentration, suicidal thoughts, withdrawing from relationships, and working a lot more or working a lot less. Um, yeah. Oh man, this is uh this is a tough topic, especially for me. I, I don't know much about it. I like to learn. I like to pass things on to you guys um, and see, see how that goes. I'm just making sure my mic is plugged in because I don't think it was. No, it is. Thank Christ. That would have been terrible. Um, but yeah, back to the show. Um, some research also suggests that women are most risk for postpartum psychosis if they have a family history of bipolar disorder and schizophrenia disorder. Schiz affective disorder, I'm sorry. In rare cases, postpartum psychosis can lead to suicide attempts. Even rarer are attempts of uh, inf infanticide, which is killing your kids. Uh, so, yeah. And they're going to sleep deprivation. Um, insomnia is real. That's something I, I really want to dive into. And I think I was going to say that last week, but with the whole postpartum issue and the, the woman that killed her family, um, I really wanted to dive into that because I know some people out there wanted me to talk about it, which I have no problem with because uh, I like pleasing the listeners. So insomnia, about one in three people in the U.S. report difficulty sleeping at least one night per week. Insomnia is caused by difficulty falling asleep, difficulty staying awake, or waking up too early in the morning. That's me. I wake up constantly. I'm on my new sleep medication and hopefully it works out because I need my sleep. And I think that's a big problem for like where I am mentally. So yeah. So approximately 50% of insomnia cases are related to depression, anxiety, and psychological stress. Often the qualities of a person's insomnia and their other symptoms can be helpful in determining the role of mental illness and a person's ability to sleep. Early morning wakefulness can be the sign of depression along with low energy, inability to concentrate, sadness, and a change of appetite or weight. On the other hand, a sudden dramatic decrease in sleep, which is accompanied by increase of energy or the lack of need to sleep may be the sign of mania. Yeah, I literally checked off each and every one of those. Um, I'm gaining weight. I'm, I'm waking up in the morning. I can't concentrate. I have low energy. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I just need some sleep and I want it. I want it so bad. I'm not even kidding you. Like, I just want to sleep for eight hours and wake up and be like, wow, that was a great sleep. Like, why can't I just have that? That's the one thing I asked for. And I know like drinking water, exercising, all this stuff. I'm trying to do all that. I am doing all that and I still can't sleep. I think with everything I have going on is weighing me down. And that's what I have like things to juggle, things to figure out. I just, I don't know, man. I'm just really fucking tired. I'm tired of being tired as cliche as that is. And I absolutely hate it. Um... People with insomnia are twice as likely to develop depression as people who don't have sleep disorders. Awesome. Disturbance in sleep patterns are present in as many as 80% of people with schizophrenia. So 
I'll go over that more uh, next week with insomnia because I'm like, I'm just getting frustrated at this point. This was a, this was a, not a tough episode, but the topic is, is one, it's very hard for me because I'm not uh, in, in that realm of postpartum depression, but I like to learn. And then learning about insomnia and realizing that that's the issue that I, who that's who I am right now is very fucking frustrating. But you know what, guys? Thank you for checking out another episode of 22 Minutes. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. I love you and have a good one. And we're clear. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.